This is the Glasses by Day Geek by Night podcast episode 12. I'm Matt and today I'm going to be reviewing and moaning about some geeky stuff. On today's show I have What If. So What If is what if the actors who were up for the big roles actually got them and it didn't go to someone else and what it meant for the what it might have meant for the film. I'm also going to be playing a new game KO of the week. So KO of the week is basically I'm going to be putting my hand into a bag full of Little bits of paper that have got names of heroes, villains, anything comic book or pop culture related. I'm going to be picking them out and I'm going to be fighting them off against each other and see who wins in my eyes. There's going to be several rounds of this and basically this is week one of eight and eventually we're going to have an all out winner. Okay, And then lastly today I have my comic to read before you die which is Kick-Ass. What we're going to play today is What If. So What If is basically what if the actors that were up for roles in certain films, TV series, etc. actually played them instead of the other guy. So I'm going to start big. John Lithgow turned down playing the Joker in in Batman 1989. And thank God he did. Jack Nicholson is probably one of the top two actors, not including Hamill, to ever play the live-action Joker. So... Can you imagine if John Lithgow played it? The only thing I can think of is is Trinity in um, Dexter. And, you know, I'm thinking Trinity in, in Dexter with a smile on his face. Would that work? I, oh, you know what? I could have. Could have actually been a pretty good Joker, to be fair. But I think because we've seen Jack Nicholson do it. Yeah, Jack Nicholson is probably the best one. He really encompassed the Joker to me John Lithgow actually might have been actually good I said thank god he, he didn't take the role but god would Trinity with a smile have been good I think it might have been next up we have Jake Gyllenhaal turned down the role of Jake Sully in Avatar um, I think he would have done a pretty good job as a big blue guy I kind of feel like him Sam Worthington are too dissimilar Um I think the thing with Jake Gyllenhaal is he, he, I'm not saying he doesn't play a different role in everything that he does, but maybe Jake Sully in Avatar was maybe a little bit beneath where he was at that point. I don't know. He would have been an all right. Burt Reynolds and Al Pacino turned down the role of Han Solo. I'm not sure how Burt Reynolds would have um, done with Chewbacca sitting next to him on the Millennium Falcon. Do I think that that would have been any good? Um, I'm not too sure. To be fair, wouldn't it have just been like Smokey and the Bandit, but in space? Because he literally was, what, in Smokey and the Bandit was smuggling stuff and got into a high-speed chase with the sheriff. I kind of feel like it's literally the same story. Maybe he would have been good at it, do you know what I mean? But he'd have had a better co-pilot, yeah. Um, Al Pacino, uh, not overly convinced. Um, he's a little bit more hot than um, Solo. I kind of feel like, realistically, you know, definitely a gangster kind of guy. I'm not sure if he would have um, fit the role as well as um, Harrison Ford. To be fair, Harrison Ford was the perfect for the role, and uh, I 
probably those two names should be stricken from the record once and for all. Will Smith turned down the role of Neo in The Matrix. Huge mistake. Huge mistake. But, especially seeing how he turned it down so he could do Wild Wild West. Cracking soundtrack, but not much else was great about that film. Um, Can I imagine anyone other than um, Keanu being Neo? Because I do like the first three Matrix films. Not counting... I'm not even including the last piece of garbage that they brought out. But... Can I see Will Smith really giving it his all? I don't know. He does put himself into every film. I kind of feel like... uh, No, definitely not. I kind of feel like the world would be different now if um, Will Smith was um, Neo in the Matrix. Do do I think that he'd be slapping people at the Oscars? Ah... I think he'd have slapped probably more people at the Oscars, you know, uh, martial arts training, definitely, yeah. No, definitely a good thing. They even tried to get Sandra Bullock to play Neo when they were struggling to find anyone hoping to reverse the roles. Can I imagine Sandra Bullock playing a alternate reality Neo? I think probably if the multiverse does exist, Sandra Bullock is Neo in another universe, and she's probably gone on to make... A TV series probably, uh, or a straight-to-TV movie about it, because I'm not that keen on Sandra Bullock, but, you know, whatever. Leonardo DiCaprio turned down Anakin Skywalker, Spider-Man, and Robin. Okay, so, realistically, Aiden Christensen doesn't get enough here. Uh, Christian doesn't get enough credit. Uh, his version of Anakin was a little whiny, but I think he's more than redeemed himself with Ahsoka. Uh, that said, do I think DiCaprio would have been able to... Do the lightsaber battles in Revenge of Sith justice like Hayden did? No, I don't. I kind of feel like, realistically, when you know the prequels were coming out, he was living off you know the idea of Titanic. I'm sure. Do you know what I mean? And the guy can't even get on a door properly, so you know to survive. So realistically, I'm I'm saying that would have been a big no. Robin would have been a big mistake for his career, as Bama Forever and Batman and Robin were garbage. But do I think that he'd have been a good Robin? Yeah, I do. Chris O'Donnell was, was alright, don't get me wrong. But um, do I think the slicked back hair would have worked better? Probably. Uh, I kind of feel like if he'd done that though, he'd have, you know, he'd have not got better roles. So probably, no. I'm not sure. And realistically, the Spidey thing, I kind of feel like he's done that on purpose. He's literally, you know, given up the role so his best mate Toby Maguire can land the role I, it wouldn't surprise me if he if he dropped his name into conversation with a headshot and yeah <laughs> and a, a little reel of what he can do pretending to be Spider-Man I kind of feel like that's probably what happened uh, speaking of Spider-Man Joe Jonas was up for um, the amazing Spider-Man before Garfield got it thank god Garfield got it Garfield is probably the best live action Spidey with the best suit Joe Jonas is just a, a hairy dude that shouldn't be playing any kind of any kind of role in a superhero film. Just no, no. My kids have watched Camp Rock before, and I, I can honestly say that I will not, you know, I will be not having that crap in my house again. Zachary Levy, uh, Levi, uh, Levy, Levi, whatever. Screen tested for Star Lord. To be fair, I don't think Chris Pratt gets enough love for the role that he plays. Yeah, you know, he is funny. He is. Is what they wanted. 
Um, the Guardians was a little bit of a nothing Marvel comic to me, and thanks to him, the films were a success. I'd say that the comic's popularity has probably skyrocketed as well. Uh, I can't see Levi um, or Levy. Was it Zachary Levy? Levy, yeah, playing him. Um, but he did a solid comedic performance as Shazam. Uh, I think he's better see it as Shazam than Star Lord. But I'm trying to think of how that would have played out. Would, would you have got the same cast if in another universe if he would played Star Lord? Who would play the rest of the cast? I, I don't. You know, Dave Batista. No one can else play. No one else can play Drax. No one. Uh, it's probably The Rock, isn't it, in another universe? It's probably The Rock. The Rock gets a... Oh, no, because he'd want Star-Lord, wouldn't he? He's too big to play that. John Cena? John Cena could have could have got in front... I don't know. I'd be a bit weird. I don't know. I think anyone could play Groot. I, do, I kind of feel like saying Vin Diesel plays Groot is a bit of a... Uh, did he really? I kind of feel like anyone could go, I am Groot. Yeah, not me, obviously, but... Um, no, I'm not sure. Um, can't see it. Um, realistically, maybe he did pick the wrong course. Maybe, he sh- maybe he should have really gone for Star Lord. I know he got you know KB'd about it, but realistically, James Gunn's killed him off, killed off the universe. Who knows? Although I heard today that he was keeping at least three people, three actors from the previous incarnation, so we'll wait and see. Uh, Madonna turned down Trinity in The Matrix and Catwoman in Batman Batman Returns, I can't speak. Um, I can't see Madonna playing either of these characters, and I'm kind of glad that I don't live in a universe where she did, because it would be weird as... um, Trinity, for me, um, Carrie-Anne Moss was perfect in it, so I wouldn't go there. Catwoman and Batman Returns. I kind of feel like that was always going to go to Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer was perfect in it. And realistically, can I see Madonna? She probably has the bondage at home anyway. But can I see her using that whip as well as Michelle Pfeiffer? Probably not, no. Eh, definitely not. Madonna needs to do one and stay in her lane. Uh, Rachel Lee Cook almost played Rogue and X-Men. I don't think this would have bothered me because both are equally whiny people and annoying. You know, the the role of Rogue was not wrote well. It was, oh, I can't touch people. Oh, I've got to touch you. Oh, no, I can't touch No, it just went on like that and we don't need that. I get she shouldn't, you know, she couldn't touch anyone, but I kind of feel like we find ways and means around that. You know, don't, don't be silly. Come on. Um, I kind of feel like anyone could have played the role of Rogue and we'd have just got on with it. Pedro Pascal uh, was almost Marcel in the originals. Uh, you know what? Ah, I do like the Vampire Diaries in the originals. I do. Uh, this must have been before Pascal hit the full-time fame thing. Pretty sure he could just probably walk into any role today. Uh, I'm glad he didn't because Charles Michael Davis is awesome as Marcel. I do. I, can I see him playing playing it the same? He's not as suave as um, Charles Michael Davis was in it, I'm sure. Tom Selleck was almost Indiana Jones. I would have watched that movie. Tom Selleck, the Tash. It would have been amazing. I'm, I'm standing by it. I kind of think, you know, it definitely would have worked. I'm not saying that I didn't love um, Harrison Ford in the role, but I think he would have bossed it. I can, I, you know what? I can see that being a huge franchise. There would have been more films. It would have been great. 
Um, I'm going to butcher this name as well. It was Vigo Mortensen. Uh, it was almost Wolverine. No. I'm not even going there. Hugh Jackman did a pretty decent job, even though he's like two foot taller than Wolverine's supposed to be. And he's been doing it for 20 years. Mortensen getting the same kind of reception after 20 years. It wouldn't work. Not a chance. I'm not having it. Um, Devin Sora. How do, how do you even say that? He's from Final Destination. The, the guy he was in, I'm pretty sure he was in the um, the Eminem video um, with Dido. Um, either way, he almost he was up for the part of Anakin Skywalker. Thankfully, they picked they they didn't pick him. Can't stand him. Whew. That would have that would have been horrific. Can I? He'd have been even whinier than Hayden Christensen. Uh, no. Amanda Seinfeld um, was up for Gamora. Um, you know what? I'm sure she's a lovely person. I just can't stand her. You know, and let alone if she was bloody green as well. That would be, oh, no. You know, just, just no. Just no. Zoe Saldana plays a pretty decent role in it. Why would we mess with that? I'm pretty sure if, you know, if I had put a little bit of thought into it, I could probably pick up someone better for the role, but who knows. Um, Brad Pitt also turned down Neo in The Matrix. <laughs> I think none of them wanted to make money. Not the biggest fan of Pitt, as he I feel he just plays himself in most films. He's just too cool for school kind of thing. So I'm glad that Keanu Reeves, the, the most humble guy in the world, actually played him. Um, Brendan Fraser almost... Uh, was almost Superman and Superman Returns. He would have been boss. He was he was big at the time. Do you know what I mean? He was in he was an action hero for you know someone my age kind of thing in the what the late late nineteen nineties early two thousands. I know that he had a lot of problems after that and disappeared, but he would have been boss. That said, Brandon Roof I think did a decent job. He just was let down with the script. So probably Brendan Fraser probably did the right thing. Um, he definitely would have gone a, done a good job. And he was definitely in rotation at the time. So maybe they were thinking we'll go for someone less known. Who knows? Matt Damon was almost Daredevil. And nothing against Affleck. But this would have been boss. This would have been amazing. I think Daredevil would have had sequels. And uh, I don't know. I kind of feel like Matt Damon is the better actor of the two. Uh, you know what? Would he have got born and stuff like that? Had he done that? Uh, would, would Affleck have got born if he'd done that? Hmm, I don't know. Uh, I wonder if we reversed what, what films that they were in and just give the other one the jobs. Would they have made better films? Let's have a quick look. So, Armageddon. To be fair, I liked Armageddon. Nah, I can't. <laughs> I'm looking at the picture now. Can I see Matt Damon? Being behind Bruce Willis and next to Liv Tyler, uh, probably not. Do you know what I mean? Daredevil definitely. I think he's you know he'd have been better in. Um, what else have I got? Um, Triple Frontier. He'd have been pretty good in that. He's you know runner runner. He was pretty good in Runner Runner. Uh, I don't think it was the best film in the world, but you never know. Um. Paycheck. I think anyone could have played the role in that. Pearl Harbor. Do I think that Matt Damon looks like a better pilot than than Affleck? I don't know. I kind of feel like you could have probably reverse the roles, and you know, actually, Matt Damon would have done a pretty good job. I'm not saying that Affleck wouldn't have done a good job in you know Affleck films. 
um, in Matt Damon films even. But I don't know. No, Daredevil, he would have been pretty good. Okay, yeah, I think that would have been probably a much better fit. So this new game that I'm going to play today is called KO of the Week. It's basically who would win in a fight between. I have a bag full of superhuman combatants all ready to be picked. There is going to be four groups, A to D. I'm going to pick four fighters from each. It's going to be 1v1. The winner advances. Then they're going to fight. Then they're going to advance to the final between A and B. And the final between C and D. And then the winner from them is the ultimate winner of the week. Okay, so basically this is my opinion. It's open to interpretation. You know, realistically, if you don't like it, you know, comment, say something. Right, so I'm going to pick my first fighter. This one's just jumped out, so I'm going to pick it. Right, we have Spike from X-Men Evolution. So, he is our first fighter versus this bad boy? Lord Zed <laughs> from Power Rangers. Okay, pros and cons. Spike from X-Men Evolution, if you ever watched it, he evolved to a point where his powers were pretty strong. He could fire flaming arrows from, from his skin. Um, Lord Zed is the, you know, what can we really say? He's uber-powerful. He's just coming back now. My kids watch the new Power Rangers series and it's about him apparently. So, uh, Spike is powerful as a mutant, but Lord Zed is the you know, Emperor of Evil. Do I think that Spike could put up a fight? I do think he could put up a fight. He's pretty durable. Do I think he would win in a fight? Absolutely not. Unfortunately, Spike from X-Men Evolution, you've come up against the wrong combatant. So... Unfortunately, KO. so Lord Zed advances to the next round, the semi-final for this group, and the or the final for this group. Even I'm lying to you. So the idea is, um, Spike will go back into the pile for next week's one. All right, yeah. So we can fight again, just not this week, right? The second fight of Group A is. Right, I've picked out two on pur- yeah, on purpose, of course. We have Thor, okay, versus the Scarlet Witch. Okay, so Thor versus the Scarlet Witch. Do I think that the Scarlet Witch could take out Thor? Thor, God of Thunder. 
uber powerful, able, especially in the MCU, he's able to control the lightning himself. I know he can do that in the comics. I'm thinking, haven't actually wrote an iteration of which Thor this is, so I'm going to do an iteration of pretty much every Thor. Um, he is uber powerful, can control the lightning. Um, I'm more of a fan of the ultimate version. I know he had a bit of a screw loose and it wasn't actually, you know, was he actually the God of Thunder or was he just delusional mutant guy? But either way, he was uber powerful. I preferred the hammer. Milner was a better hammer in the Ultimate Universe. But what can you do? Scarlet Witch can warp reality, has a screw loose, decimated what most of the mutant population. Could she do the same to Thor? Hmm. The thing with Thor is he, he can come back to life. He has come back to life before. Several times, I'm sure. Scarlet Witch pretended to die, I'm sure. I don't actually think she died. Um, warped reality. Unfortunately, I think if we think back to the films, she did incapacitated Thor in Age of Ultron with not much problem. No, no real problem there. So I think she'd win. Unfortunately, Thor, you have been up. You know, you have been taken out by a worthy opponent. So, uh, Thor goes back into the pile for next week, and Scarlet Witch advances to fight Lord Zed. So, what we'll do is we'll do the final of Group A, and then we'll move on to Group B, and then we'll do Group C all the way through, Group D all the way through, and then what we'll do is we'll have the winner of Group A um, fight the winner of Group B. The winner of Group C fight Group D, and then we'll have the winner of those two fight each other to beat C, who's the ultimate winner. So, right, we've got Lord Zed versus the Scarlet Witch. So, Lord Zed, he, you know, uber powerful, Emperor of Evil, you know, has an army of putties to fight for him. Later on, Tengas, if you're, if you're like me and you, you carried on watching Mighty Morphin. Um, he's back again, according to my kids. So the idea is, is he powerful enough to take the Scarlet Witch? Scarlet Witch can warp realities. You know, I think if you read the comics, I'm sure Lord Zed was from Eltar, same as Zordon, and he accidentally did all that to himself. So is... Is he technically a mutant? <laughs> you know, because realistically, you know, he, he accidentally did all that to himself. I will have to research that. But could Scarlet Witch decimate him? Do I think she could take him out? I think she'd find it very hard to, you know, slit his throat, do any of that stuff. He hasn't really got a mouth that she could take away. Um, do I think he's powerful enough to take her? Do I think that? She would be overrun by putty patrollers and stuff. You know what? I'm going to give this to Lord Zed. I think Scarlet Witch would hesitate for a moment. And Lord Zed would be ruthless enough to take her. So unfortunately, Wanda, you have come up against an opponent in my eyes that would take you. So goodbye, Wanda. So you go back into the pile for next week. And you may or may not get used. So Lord Zed advances to the final between Group A and B. So we will move on to Group B. So Group B, I'm gonna I'm gonna dig deep for this one. All right, yeah, I'm gonna close my eyes, dig deep, and I have picked two names. 
So we have, oh, it's a bit of a Power Rangers fair. We have Goldar from the Power Rangers versus, it's a, definitely a Power Rangers affair. We have Jason Lee Scott, the Gold Ranger. So it, it's definitely a Power Rangers affair here. What can we do about that? Yeah, just a little flashback to my childhood there. Anyway, um, let's get on with the fight. So we have Goldar versus Jason Lee Scott. Goldar, leader of an army. You know, pretty powerful, big, gorilla-y, monkey, flying type thing. I think it's obviously a play on the Wizard of Oz with the flying monkeys because she was a witch, Rita Repulsa. But... Um, yeah, realistically, if you read any of the Boom Studio stuff, he was the leader of you know an army on his planet. He was much better than the comedic relief that we got in the Power Rangers, in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Jason Lee Scott, yeah, if you're a Power Rangers fan, greatest leader of all time. You know, Tommy Olivet, you know, the God rest him, JDF soul like, do you know what I mean? Uh, the idea is Jason Lee Scott, to me, is still, is still the leader of the Power Rangers. Um... And when he was the Gold Ranger, he was probably the most powerful Ranger of all time. Uh, so realistically, I can't see Goldar beating Jason Lee Scott. He has beaten him in the past, but not as the Gold Ranger. So Goldar, unfortunately, you are not... Yeah, there you go, KO. So the idea is you are gone. See, sound effect got away from me there. <laughs> so Goldar, you go back into the pile for next week. Jason Lee Scott, you um, get to advance to the next round so right straight on with the next round of group b so i'm going to dig straight in i'm going to go deep this i'm going to pick one from the top one from the bottom all right all right i have both my fighters ready so the first fighter i have pulled is the flash wally west versus hella <laughs> okay so Thor got knocked out in the fair in Group A. You know, do I think that the Flash, Wally West, do I think Wally West can beat Hela? Hela is a god, okay? She is the god of the underworld. Um, she is uber powerful. Uh, we've seen her in the films. You know, or in our film, Ragnarok, which is a decent film. You know, she does get beaten by Sertha. Or, you know, is it when the planet explodes? Either way, she gets beaten. Um, she gets beaten in Ragnarok, I suppose. The Flash Wally West. Anyone who's listened to my podcast know how much Wally West is my favourite Flash. So the idea of him being beaten here, uh, she'd have an army of underworldlings, but is Wally fast enough? If we're to go back to, you know, a bit of source material, if you're thinking about the Flash movie, I know it was garbage, but um, Barry Allen's um, Flash was able to take out a load of Kryptonians by phasing through them and vibrating and stuff like that. Wally West was a better Flash than, you know, he could do a lot more than Barry. I kind of feel like the fact that everyone loves Barry, you know, have they even read anything with Wally in it? Because Wally is the best Flash, all right? Uh, you know what, Hella? Not a chance of you taking him out. I'm not saying he could kill you, but he could definitely incapacitate you, I reckon. Super speed plus the lightning. You know, you've been taken out by lightning before. We saw that in Ragnarok. Um, 
Yeah, I'm going to give this to my man Wally West. I think that he could run her into the Speed Force and just leave her there. Yeah, so Hella, you go back into the pile for next week. But unfortunately, it is a... KO! Yeah, that is definitely where I'm going. So for the final of Group B, we have Jason Lee Scott. You know, the Uber Ranger, the, the best of the best. What can we really say other than... And, you know, we could probably say a lot more, but, you know, <laughs> who doesn't love the opening to Power Rangers? Um, yeah, what else can we really say other than Jason Lee Scott, Gold Ranger, best of the best. The Flash, Wally West, best of the best in my eyes. Hard fight to call. Jason Lee Scott has the fighting ability. Wally West has the speed. You know, realistically, could he run at super speed? You know, read a load of books on martial arts all sorts i know that wally west isn't one of the flash that can actually retain the um, information but he would have retained it for long enough to maybe come in take out jason if he hit him hard enough he could fracture the helmet Uh, unfortunately jason lee scott you aren't gonna win this one it just can't happen the the wally west he's he can't be beaten by yet. It just can't happen. The Power Rangers would have a disadvantage against someone with his kind of speed. So, unfortunately, Jason, you go back into the pile with a... And um, Wally West, you head into the final between Lord Zed and yourself with one of these... Could literally listen to that all day. Literally the best, probably one of the best cartoons of all time. Definitely got one of the best theme tunes of all time. So enough said about that. So Wally West advances to the final between Group A and Group B. Jason Lee Scott, Gold Ranger, goes back in for next week's battles. Okay, right, we're going to jump straight in for Group C. So I'm going to dig deep here. Uh, I have my first fighter, who is Golden Freezer. So, any Dragon Ball fans out there, you know how this might go. This is <laughs> the Deep from um, the Boys. Well, <laughs> um, the <laughs> Golden Freezer, the one of the strongest beings in the universe, able to take on Super Saiyan gods. Able to take on gods of destruction, you know, has a god of destruction power versus the poor man's Aquaman. <laughs> um, yeah, well, realistically, Golden Freezer, he's destroyed planets before, he's taken on Super Saiyans, gods, Super Saiyan gods, you know, Nam- Namekians who are, you know, are all warriors, the deep. Sex with fish. Um, ah, I, I kind of feel like I don't really need to go too much into this. Golden Freezer would obliterate you deep. No matter how many whales or sea creatures you threw at him, he would obliterate you. He would t- you know, 
that just one of his blasts would dehydrate you. You know, you might, he might miss you, but it would dehydrate you and you'd be screwed. So the deep you go back into next week's pile and Golden Freezer advances. So with that, we have a... KO. And for our next battle of Group C, we have... I'm going to dig real deep here. I've got the eyes closed. I've, oh, I've picked it. So I'm going to go with Jean Grey. Versus Miss Marvel. So Jean Grey versus Kamala Khan. So Jean Grey versus Kamala Khan. So Jean Grey, Uber Mutant, able to you know host fully Phoenix Force. You know she was powerful before that. She's telekinetic, telepathic. You know she has you know, you know an attraction for short Canadian blokes as well as really tall American guys with bad eyesight um miss marvel kamala khan an inhuman to begin with really stretchy and human power to stretch to you know enlarging um which means she's epically durable has a mutant power the only way that i could see jean gray being beaten by miss marvel is if miss marvel's mutant ability was something better than what jean gray had you know, and she just manifested it and was able to control it, which is very unlikely because if you read anything about Marvel, you know, Marvel's mutants, they always have an issue when they are trying to, you know, when they manifest the powers and they're trying to get them to work properly for them. So unfortunately, Kamala, if you come up against anyone else, well, maybe not Golden Freezer, but I can't, maybe the Deep, you're definitely beating the Deep. But unfortunately for you, Jean Grey has you. Okay? So the idea is we're going to basically think about putting you back in the pile. Jean Grey, you are going to advance to fight Golden Freezer. So, Golden Freezer versus Jean Grey. Hmm. Jean Grey can also use Cerebro. So... If she was able to... Like Professor X these days... He walked around with a Cerebro unit on his head all the time. Let's say she robbed that... Telekinetically robbed it from him. Took it. Put it on. You know... Even without it... I think... If you're thinking... Realistically... Jean Grey that I'm talking about... Was able to manipulate the Phoenix Force... Even without Cerebro... She would obliterate... Golden Freezer, she will rip him, you know, limb from limb from the core kind of thing. She'll burn him alive. That said, Golden Freezer can, ex- you know, can survive a planet exploding. He can survive in the vacuum of space. You know, he's been, you know, ripped apart before by, you know, trunk, you know, before trunks, and then trunks ripped him apart again. Keeps coming back. He is like a cockroach. But I just don't think he could beat Phoenix Force Jean Grey. So Jean Grey, you advance to the final between Group C and D. And unfortunately, Golden Freezer, you have been... KO! Yeah, it is unfortunate. But you do go back in the pile for next week's fights. Jean Grey advances. So we're going to jump straight into Group D. I am digging deep. I am digging, digging, digging. I have got two in my hand i'm gonna pick this one first so the first fighter is hyperion so from the squadron supreme hyperion so versus 
Oh, Supergirl. This is getting... That's a tough one. That is epically tough. Basically, Hyperion is basically the, you know, Marvel's version of Superman. All right? I know everyone thinks it's the Sentry, but realistically, Hyperion literally has the powers of, you know, of Superman. And I'm talking about the Squadron Supreme version where he's he's more of a hero than the, the villain. Do you know what I mean? I kind of feel like... It wasn't he in the... He was, he was in one of the, the villain teams in the main Marvel Universe, whereas the one I'm talking about is what the Marvel Max one, where it was um, he was the lead, one of the leaders of the Squadron Supreme, and he was you know he was a pretty he was a good guy in in theory. Do you know what I mean? Was it Mark 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 Milton? Yeah, and he was um, from another planet. The government raised him, and he. he He's not all there kind of thing, but he does have all the Superman's powers or Kryptonian powers. He looks like a Kryptonian. Realistically, if you were to see him in the DC Universe accidentally, you'd think he was a Kryptonian. Anyway, so Supergirl. Probably, realistically, I'm talking about the Kara Zor-El from, you know, from the pre-New 52 kind of thing. So she had a lot more potential than Superman did. She could absorb solar radiation a lot better. She was just all round, probably had much more potential than Superman ever did. Who would win in a fight? You know what? Pretty evenly matched. But unfortunately, Hyperion would have the upper hand over Supergirl because at her core, she's a good person. She won't, you know, she's not going to try and kill her. Cousins tried to teach her that. So unfortunately, Kara, you have been... You have been taken out of the, you know, out of the running, and you will be back in for next week. So Hyperion uh, advances. So we have the next two fighters. I'm gonna dig deep. I have two of them. The first fighter is Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, wouldn't it be good if Sonic and Wally West were in the final together? <laughs> Versus, oh, unfortunately, um, Ion, Kyle Rayner. So, if anyone... So, Sonic the Hedgehog, super fast. Um, even faster if he was to able to get the you know, the emeralds together and become Super Sonic. Um, I'm talking just General Sonic, so general superpowers. Coming at the speed of sound. Um, you know, not as fast as Wally West. Ion Kyle Rayner. If anyone remembers this storyline, it was basically the central power battery on Oa. Um, it all went inside Kyle Rayner. So it was at a time where you know the universe had all gone to gone to shit, and basically Kyle Rayner was the living embodiment of the central power battery. So he was Ion. So the idea is Kyle Rayner didn't need a power ring. He was producing things, you know. At his will, basically. And he was uber powerful. Do I think Sonic could beat him? He'd have to be really quick. But realistically, he'd just put a shield up around him. Wait for his opening. And probably make a green chili dog somewhere. And Sonic would fall for it. And that would be the end of Sonic. So unfortunately, Sonic... You go back into the pile for next week, and Ion Kyle Rayner advances to the next round. So, Hyperion versus Kyle Rayner. So, Hyperion, super strong, fast, all that jazz. Do you know what I mean? 
Do I think that someone likes... Because realistically, we've seen Superboy Prime. You know, similar powers to Hyperion, all that jazz. You know, maybe more of a screw loose than Hyperion. But he was able to take out Green Lanterns. He was able to do that. But Kyle is more than that. That said, I've also seen Superboy Prime take out the next incarnation of Ion, who was... Was he a, was he a Daxamite? Like Monel. So he was. He had Superman tier powers. As well as the power of Ion. Oh, you know what? I think Hyperion. If I'm thinking about source material. Hyperion would win. But oh, Kyra Rayner. Uh, my boy Kyra Rayner. Uh, I love that series as well. No unfortunately Kyle. You have been. You know taken out of the running. And. It's just, it's so unfortunate because realistically I'm talking about the, the, the source material. Um, Kyle, one good thing to come out of this is you go back into the pile for next week. So Hyperion advances. So we have our four semi-finalists. So we're going to go back over to the final between group A and B. So we have Lord Zed versus Flash the Wally West version. Right, so <laughs> a little bit of music there, yeah. Um, so Flash and the Lord Zed versus Wally West. Okay, realistically, let's look at the you know the pros and the cons. Lord Zed, epically powerful, the leader of an army, the leader of you know the Emperor of Evil. He, you know, you know, realistically, he couldn't take on what six teenagers with attitude, let alone. You know, the fastest man alive. The only thing that Lord Zed has on his side is that he can, you know, survive in space. Wally can't. Wally, Wally would have to wear apparatus to, you know, go in space. Could, if Lord Zed was able to get in with an energy blast, could he beat him? Oh, another thing that Lord Zed has on his side is that he can make things big. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He, he has put those grenades, doesn't he? Where he throws it down and the monster grabs it, takes off the thing, and he, you know, he, he makes himself big. Could Lord Zed use that on Wally and then energy blast it? Oh, realistically, if if he made Wally big, would Wally be afraid to use his super speed because he would then, you know, you know, destroy the planet? Oh. That is one thing to really think about because realistically, the the idea is while he's while he's not going to do anything, I think Lord Zed would distract him with that, use the grenade on him, and then blast the hell out of him. Ah, oh, I mean, man, Wally West has just been taken out by Lord Zed. It, uh, it's, oh, it's saddening. It's absolutely saddening. <laughs> Cut. It, do I think that is probably the way that it would go? Oh, there is a definite possibility that that would be how it would go. Lord Zed would be ruthless enough to make him big. But then would Wally just flatten him? Oh, would he? I th- you know what? I think that's how it would go. But he'd think that Wally wouldn't use the speed or anything like that. Oh, depends where they're fighting. Ah, uh, if they're fighting in the desert, 
well, he might use it, but would his speed vibrate the planet too much and cause countless amounts of destruction? I think this is the only way that Lord Zed could win, and that's by making Wally think about the, you know, the people. So I actually think, um, yeah, unfortunately, Wally, you have been... KO! So Lord Zed advances to the finals, whereas Wally West goes back into the pile for next week. So we're going to jump straight in to the fight between Group C and D. So we have Jean Grey versus Hyperion. So Jean Grey, epically powerful, Phoenix Force, you know, all round, uber powerful. We have Hyperion, super strong, super fast, able to blast fire from his eyes, all that jazz. Do you know what I mean? The idea is they're going to fight to the death. Who would win in a fight? So if we're talking Jean Grey Phoenix Force, where, you know, realistically, she can forge planets. She can do pretty much anything with it. She can bring people back from the dead. She can, you know, she can take out uber powerful thing. Hyperion, his fight with her would. Can I see him beating her? He'd have to be fast enough to get round the defenses. He'd if she got inside his head, it would be all over. Because I'm not. I don't think she could hurt him too badly. You know, initially anyway. Do you know what I mean? Yo, unfortunately, Hyperion, you have been taken out by Jean Grey. Yeah, it is unfortunate, but that means that you go back into the pile for next week, and Jean Grey advances to the final. So, Lord Zed versus Jean Grey. Lord Zed, Emperor of, <laughs> Emperor of Evil. I think I've said that a good few times today. Uh, carries around a big Zed, just in case anyone forgets his name. Um, basically, you know, down to his, his skin's gone. He's just down to muscle. He's ripped. He's got a lot of... He's got metal ribs. He's got a metal face. With another Zed on top of it, in case we forget his name. He can fire energy beams, he can command armies, he can make putties, he can, yeah, like, he's, realistically, he's not the brightest spark in the world. He made his putties with a big Zed on them that if you hit the Zed, they would, they would break apart. I kind of feel like that's not your brightest moment in the world. Um, he can also make, um, he can make monsters out of other things. Oh, that's one thing that I hadn't really thought about until this moment. He could literally, anything round Gene, he could use his powers and make them into a monster. Oh, would that throw her off enough? Could, you know, he could literally, you know, you know, make the fire hydrant next to her into a monster that could use water to freeze her i don't know why he would have freezing powers but you never know yeah he could make the barbecue i don't know why there's a barbecue next to her into the inferno monster 
that would fire. That said, she's pretty good with fire because she's the phoenix. Um, he, he could make another any monster kind of thing into something that could take her down. Oh, that is one power that I'd forgotten about. Lord Zed, he he can make monsters out of nothing. And then he could make them all big, which would make them a bigger tar- you know bigger target for Jean. I get that. Do I? You know what? I think if Jean Grey hasn't gone full Phoenix Force, if she still has her own mind, he's winning. The only alternative to that is the fact that you know. Would the Phoenix Force be in control then? Because we have the Dark Phoenix, we have the normal Phoenix. Ah, do I think that Lord Zed would be beaten? I think even with all that, Jean Grey is taking the title here. I think that Lord Zed would be beaten and sent back to the rounds for next week. Whereas Jean Grey has become the all-out winner of the week. Checkmate. Wealth and glory to the winner. You need more practice. And that is KO of the week. So next week I'll bring in you more of that. And eventually we'll have an all-out battle between all of the champions. This week's comic to read before you die is Kick-Ass. It was written by Mark Miller and illustrated by John Romita Jr. So, Mark Miller, Scottish writer, um, probably one of the best superhero writers in my eyes because he co-created the Ultimate Universe. He's a brilliant mind for comics. His ideas don't always compute over to the big screen. So, when you think about some of his um, some of his work, he has... What does he have? He has... Kick-Ass, he has Secret Service, he has Jupiter's Legacy, all of which have been made in the series. The first Kick-Ass film was actually quite good, but the issue I had was, though, that they, they diverged from the source material quite a bit. Secret Service, it was a pretty good film. Yeah, what can I say? I haven't watched the second one. All right. Jupiter's Legacy, I actually think, was actually a good series, but it... It obviously was over. It was overdoing it budget-wise, and the studio Netflix apparently just like they do. They um, they cut it off. Um, he's wrote Jupiter Circle, Nemesis, Superior, Super Crooks. Super Crooks was a great anime, and I'm pretty sure I've spoke about it on the on one of my previous podcasts. We've got American Jesus, Starlight, Chrononauts, um, Wanted. You know. The whole Kick-Ass series is really good, so it's definitely worth a read. He's also wrote stuff for MDC, so Superman Red Sun will be one of the comics to read before you die. It is absolutely brilliant. The Ultimates, what can I say about the Ultimates? Other than yes. Um, We've done Wolverine, Old Man Logan, and Civil War. 
these are some of the biggest comic books to come out of the industry in almost two decades. I don't think Mark Miller gets, you know, the, you know, the the credit he deserves, basically. So, um, the the issue I've got with him in is, is he's been executive producer on all of his movie adaptations. So, realistically, I kind of feel like, if he's seen, like, Kick-Ass 2 especially, is a god-awful film. And when if you've read Kick-Ass Volume Two, you will you will understand why it's such a god awful film because Kick-Ass Volume Two is a really good book. All right, yeah, it's not as good as the first, but literally the the scenes in Times Square are just like epic in comparison with what we got in that just like crappy warehouse. It just it it didn't compute over. Um, he's currently a creative consultant to Fox Studios on their Marvel movie slates, so. Let's see what uh, what else we we could do. Do you know what I mean for that? Um, what else have we got? We've got John Romita Jr. You know, he is brilliant. Probably one of the best, you know, the best artists of our time. But he's also probably one of the nicest panelists I've ever had the pleasure to see in person. Um, I was at Comic Con London a few few years ago, and he was late. He was doing a panel with Chris Claremont, you know, the legend, the X Men legend, and the idea was that he basically turned up. He was late. He was very apologetic. He sat down. He drew some stuff. He had a chat about life, work. Um, he spoke to Chris Claremont, like yeah, like almost like he was leading the you know, leading the interview. Honestly, do you know what I mean? But then one of the best things that I like about him, I don't know if anyone goes to comic cons or anything, but what I hate about the comic cons is is that how much it costs to actually see your you know your heroes, your you know the people you're interested in from TV programs, stuff like that. He literally didn't want anything for his autograph other than for you to donate a fiver to a charity. And I kind of feel like, realistically, he's probably one of the poorest that you'll see at um, Comic-Cons. I'm not saying he's poor by any straits, but realistically, you've got people like, what, Paul Bettany charging, what, £100 for an autograph. You've got Mark Hamill's the worst. I've, I've read something recently that he's, like, after, like, it's, like, £400 just for an autograph. If you want a pop, it's £600. It's, it's ridiculous. I kind of feel like, you know, it's a picture it costs them nothing. They've had their plane ride there. They've had the hotel paid for. They get a fee for being there. You know, even if they charge like 20 quid, they'd still be making an absolute fortune from one day's work. I kind of feel like, you know, do it for the fans. Don't do it because, you know, like, you know, you think you're going to make money off us. It's just ridiculous. Anyway, back to kick-ass anyway. So, Kick-ass. You know, realistically, the synopsis reads like this. Have you ever really wanted to be a superhero? Dave Lazowski has, and he's not willing to let it stop with simple daydreams. Designing a suit for himself and taking the name Kick-ass, Dave decides to make his dreary existence more exciting and maybe even help some people in the process. But with no special powers and outmatched by New York City's most hardened criminals, Kick-ass might be in for a little bit more than he bargained for. With his superhero identity gaining fans due to a popular viral video and other mass vigilantes beginning to make their presence felt in the city, Dave knows that his extracurricular activities are dangerous, maybe even stupid, but he's got the itch and it won't go away so i actually don't think that gives you an awful lot into the story but basically the basic outline is 
Dave is this kid. He's so into comic books. He's a full-on nerd. You know, he, you know, he's got the hots for the hottest girl in the class who doesn't want to know him. And actually, I feel like his advances are a little bit creepy because he just like waits for her outside their like tennis club and stuff. And she's painted out to be the villain of the story to a certain extent in 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 school life. And actually, I I feel like he's the one always looking at hair and stuff like that. And I kind of feel like. These days, you probably couldn't get away with that. So maybe, to a certain extent, the story is slightly dated to where, you know, maybe these days they couldn't write a story like that because it wouldn't work out. Uh, the other thing about this is that this um, Katie Doma has actually told him that she wants him to leave him. And she wants him to leave her alone, and he kind of doesn't. So I kind of feel like definitely one side of the story that doesn't really, it wouldn't work out today. So... Dave, he's he's such a nerd that he he basically he decides to buy a suit off the internet. So he lives with his dad. His mum died. Um, his dad goes out and works nights most of the time, and he's left alone. So he's bought this suit off eBay. He makes himself into a superhero. Well, what he thinks is a superhero anyway. He goes out. He does a little bit of training to begin with, but then decides that he's gonna stop some thugs basically so he, he confronts these these you know gangbangers and they basically beat the hell out of him stab him and then when he's staggering away he gets hit by a car <laughs> all in all you'd think that would be the the you know the be over for his superhero career but no 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 basically dave strips himself off and chucks the suit away his dad thinks you know because he's been beaten up and he's naked and he's stabbed and all that that he's gay and he's you know he's been caught in a dodgy part of town you know prostituting himself and stuff so he goes through months of physical therapy he gets plates in his head he's can't walk for a while he eventually goes back to school and this katie doma befriends him and she befriends him because she thinks he's gay and he He's that happy to have her in his life that he doesn't uh, he doesn't correct her. He also decides that he's going to carry on with the superhero in, and he um, it yeah the second outing goes much better because actually he gets the upper hand on you know on the bad guys as such, and a viral video of him goes round basically where he comes up with his name and he calls himself Kickass. And it goes viral. He ends up starting an Instagram for himself, you know, and it basically, it, or a social media page of what, whatever was out, out around the time it came out. And it basically, that that's the start of his, his superhero career. But what I love about the book is, though, that it's got the right amount of teen angst in it, plus what superheroing would be like in the real world. You know, superpowers unfortunately don't exist because I would really love one. That would be great. I've talked about superpowers before and it's probably a good thing, good idea that they don't exist because there's a good chance I'd be a villain. You know, to, to power corrupts. I've said that before, definitely. Anyway, so um, Dave then, you know, he gets confronted. He confronts someone who's peed off um, Katie Doma and he goes in and confronts them and it's a drug dealer and things suddenly things get from bad to worse for him and he gets knocked down beaten and then a 10 year old girl turns up and kills everyone with a samurai sword and that is how we meet Hit Girl. Hit Girl is probably one of the best characters ever created just for the fact that she's 10 years old she's got the foulest mouth in the world 
and she kills people just for fun. Well, I say fun. She kills bad guys. You know what I mean? So the idea is she is she's just epic in it, and it makes Dave's character a lot more interesting because he thinks that you know because his mum's died and you know like he's left alone most nights that he, he's got something maybe special about his home life but actually when you think about it from this point of view she's the she's the freak of the week definitely in this because you know she's been raised to be an assassin and it the idea is it's just a great book great visuals the opening you know i love the opening few pages where it's this ominous future kind of thing where you see the um one of the superheroes climb up to the roof and jumping off and it not going quite as well for him as hoped and then you see pictures of dave where um he's dressed as kick-ass and he's being tortured and it's just you know gives you like this ominous feel for what's going to happen in the future of the um of the comic so hit girl and her dad so that's damon mccready and mindy mccready so she's hit girl he's big daddy the idea is that they've you know they've been picking off mob people so um anyone associated with this mob boss what was his name and um, john genovese johnny g um and the idea is that they've they're trying to pick off anyone related to him and this is why they ended. What well, they weren't there to save kick ass at the uh, the drug house. They were there to um, get at the mob, basically. But uh, just so happens that the two things align. So they end up using kick ass to their own advantage. They they find him through his um, social media pages because realistically he hasn't been very smart about it. He's used his own IP address. They fix that for him. They make it so that he can superhero kind of thing. You know without being you know without worrying about being found basically so this other superhero called red mist um befriends kick-ass and initially kick-ass thinks that he uses the word that red mist is a cocksucker um and realistically it turns out that actually kind of is because um they end up becoming friends they say they they go into a fire together to save people doesn't exactly work out well um kick-ass eventually says that he's gonna introduce them to big daddy and hit girl and then when they turn up to actually you know meet them um red mist has actually dubbed them in it turns out that red mist is actually chris genovese and he's johnny g's son and the idea is that he's become a superhero to lure um kick-ass in and Kick-Ass, Kick-Ass, Big Daddy and Hit-Girl end up getting tortured. So Kick-Ass gets you know, beaten, electrocuted. Good thing is about Kick-Ass now is because of the metal plates and the nerve damage, he can take a beating. Uh, Big Daddy gets his head blown off, which is obviously different than the actual film, but just as horrific. You should see the visuals on this. Um, Kick-Ass gets his ass beaten again. He gets, Like I said, he gets electrocuted. Um, you think that Hit Girl's dead. She's taken some bullets to the back and gone flying through the window. But in fact, she's okay. She's uh, got some Kevlar on and she survived. She comes back. She kills a lot of people. Frees Dave and they they go after uh, they go after Johnny G and his men and Red Mist and uh, Hit Girl takes down most of them. But uh, Kick Ass goes after Red Mist and. Uh, Beats the crap out of him, if I'm honest. Yeah, he does does him does him some damage, and then it all culminates with um, 
Hitgirl taking down Johnny G with a meat cleaver. So, definitely, it was, you should see this page, it is horrific, to be fair. But I think that's what I love about it, and that's why, one of the reasons why it should be, you know, one of the comics you should read before you die, because the visuals on it are stunning and horrific. And what I love about it is, though, that even at the end, you expect that Dave's going to get a happy ending. Like, in the film, I feel like he got the girl and all this. And the fact that, you know, he revealed himself that he wasn't gay didn't matter. But in fact, it does matter to her. And she gets her boyfriend to beat the crap out of him. Uh, then he walks in on his dad having sex, which is always bad for the uh, thing. Um, and then I think the one thing that I I really love about the ending especially is, is the uh, Batman 89 quote. So uh, he goes, as a great man once said... Wait until they get a load of me. And I feel like, if you know, you know. And I feel like that is, Kick-Ass is definitely a book that you should read before you die. Thanks. I'm Matt and this has been the Glasses by Day Geek by Night podcast. Thanks for listening.